Hey everybody, if you are a writer or an aspiring writer, or if you just love literature, I have a book for you. It's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. It is the long-awaited craft book by Steve Almond, based on three decades of his writing career, a career that has featured at turns depression, failure, anxiety, self-loathing, despair, self-doubt, loss of faith, delusions of grandeur, and the occasional triumph. It's a book about the writing life. Steve Almond has done it. He has embraced it, the full catastrophe, and he has lived to tell about it. The Boston Globe says, quote, this isn't just a book about writing. It's a book about honesty. And Richard Russo calls it, quote, one of the best books on writing I've ever read. It's also the funniest by a country mile. Once again, it's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories by Steve Almond, available from Zando. Go get your copy right now, wherever you buy books. This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th. And it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose. And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14th. Get tickets now. Okay. How are you? Welcome to the Other People Podcast. I'm Brad Listy. Hope you're okay. I am in Los Angeles. It's good to be with you. I have on the program today Yamen Manai. He is a Tunisian-born writer who now lives in Paris, France. His new novel, The Ardent Swarm, is now available in translation in English from Amazon Crossing. It is the official uh, March pick of the Nervous Breakdown Book Club. The Nervous Breakdown Dot com is my online culture magazine and literary community. It has its own monthly book club. If you'd like to sign up for that, just go to thenervousbreakdown.com, click on book club in the menu bar, and uh, it's pretty simple. You get a book every month. I interview that author on this program, and it makes for uh, an enriching cultural experience. So before we get to the interview, I want to make a brief announcement uh, that's fairly exciting. The Other People podcast now has its own YouTube channel, long overdue, but uh, finally done and done well with some help from uh, my social media director, Joey Grantham, Joseph Grantham. Uh, so I just want to let you know that the entire archive of this podcast Nearly 700 episodes and counting is now available via YouTube. So if you're a YouTube person, just go to the Other People with Brad Listy podcast channel and you can find every episode. It's all organized dutifully with uh, like playlists. Like I did, uh, the, you know, the episodes are organized chronologically by year. So if you need to find a specific episode, you just go to the playlist section and you can track it down year by year, you know, whenever it happened to uh, air. And uh, I would ask too, if you don't mind, even if you're not like a big YouTuber, can you just subscribe to the channel? It does help and it's free. You just click a button. You just press subscribe. I believe the kids on YouTube say uh, you smash the YouTube subscribe button. 
So if you could do that, it would help me. I would appreciate it. And, uh, you know, now this podcast is on YouTube. I am now a YouTube star. So The Ardent Swarm, uh, the new novel by Yemen Manai, uh, is the winner of uh, some major awards over in France, I believe. It won the Prix Comar d'Or and it won the Prix de Saint-Continent, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It was translated from the French by Lara Vernod. And uh, this is a book that features bees. You can see them on the cover of the novel, on the jacket. And uh, they play a central role in the narrative. I love when works of fiction do this in particular. I love it when movies do it. I love it when novels and short stories do it. When the natural environment is melded into the narrative in a serious way. And moreover, when I learn something about like animals or plants as an outgrowth of uh, the story itself. That is certainly the case with The Ardent Swarm. It gave me, among other things, a much deeper appreciation for bees and the intelligence of bees and the necessity of bees. Not that I didn't know it, but it was a good reminder. So uh, it's just fascinating. And you're going to hear Yemen Manai and I talk about that right now. I should mention, I just want to give it a... um, a brief acknowledgement that Yamen Manai speaks like four or five languages. And uh, he himself told me that English is, I want to say it's his fourth language. So, uh, you know, perfectly understandable conversation, but, you know, bear with him a little bit. He's, uh, the guy speaks like five languages. And uh, I loved his book, loved meeting him, and I'm happy to share the conversation with you now. So here he is, folks. This is Yemen Manai, and his new novel, One More Time, the official March pick of the Nervous Breakdown Book Club, is called The Ardent Swarm. I do, uh, I, I know uh, the, the landscape in Tunisia. Uh, I know it very well because I had family uh, there. Uh, uh, the hinterland, I, I know the hinterland uh, in Tunisia. I have uh, families there. And uh, some of uh, my uh, family members uh, were uh, doing beekeepings, but uh, it was uh, it was in my souvenirs of uh, of a child. Um, and uh, when I uh, decided to write uh, this book, I um, I visit some beekeepers. I uh, I uh, watched a lot of documentaries on uh, on beekeeping. And um, I made a lot of uh, documentation to to be uh, to, to to be uh, relevant uh, in uh, what uh, I am writing, and this is something I like when you write books because uh, it uh, when you write a book you can learn also it's an adventure uh, from uh, where you, you you can you can learn things and I like it yeah I like when uh, what you uh, what you write uh, can. Uh, can help you to be uh, more uh, uh, to to have more science, I would say. So, did you you did a lot of like book research and you watched documentaries, as you said? But did you do any experiential research where you actually went out and like wore a beekeeping outfit and actually dealt with bees? I was uh, very very close to hives, and uh, let me tell you, I wanted to be in the skin of my character. 
and uh, I was uh, without uh, the uh, how we I was uh, without the combination of the beekeeper and uh, I was uh, the, the the bees attacked me and I was uh, uh, stinged uh, like uh, 15 or 16 time you know by by the bees wait 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 so, uh, so wait I, wait wait so so you went to a hive and yes. you got stung 15 or 16 times because you didn't have the right outfit or were you was it was it because of your attitude or you know cuz bees it seems like certain people don't get stung because they're just calm or they behave a certain way is that right yeah, yeah. If you are calm, you know the bees don't attack you. But uh, unfortunately, I something just uh, dropped from my uh, from my hand, and uh, and um, uh, and uh, how uh, and fall on on the hive, and then the bees uh, the bees thought that uh, I was attacking them, so they attacked me back. And uh, they attacked me in uh, with, with it was a huge attack, and uh, it was not sixteen or uh, it was sixty or fifty, you know, fifty or sixty or, or sixty stinks I had on uh, on my body, you know. But it, it was uh, totally my fault. I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, uh, I, I I still love bees and I I still like uh, this activity of uh, of beekeeping, but uh, it uh, it. I learned that uh, you have to be uh, prokinish pro when uh, when you approach the bees. Yeah, I would, when I was a kid, I my friends and I were messing around with a hive, like we were like just morons, just being foolish, and we agitated a hive. And I remember getting swarmed by bees and getting stung multiple times. And I've always been a little uncomfortable around bees since then. But reading your book, I was uh, like it made me aware of how amazing bees are. I, you know, it's one of those things that can be easy to overlook uh, in your day to day existence if you're not paying careful attention or if you don't understand uh, like how bees and their hives and their communities operate. But it's an extraordinarily sophisticated insect world. You know, like there's it's a really um, kind of magical. Um, I don't know. I, that's the feeling I got when I was reading about it. Like these creatures, um, they operate in communities and hierarchies and they make honey. Like it's, <laughs> it's bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, there is a lot of reasons to fall in love with bees. Uh, their behavior is really, uh, interesting. Uh, they do their, th their job is, uh, is, is make the other species survive. Because uh, eighteen percent of uh, what uh, we uh, of what we eat is uh, pollinized by uh, by bees, and uh, when I say what we eat, I mean uh, all the living uh, in uh, on Earth, not only humans. Uh, all all the species are uh, uh, all the species take benefits from the the work of the bees. And uh, the way that uh, they do it uh, is 
is is a touch they touch perfection you know uh, their job is is very important and uh, they are structured and uh, they they know what what to do to make uh, the earth uh, viable for us so uh, and uh, besides they are uh, friendly and uh, when you they stink they die so uh, it show you that uh, the the aim of their living is not to stink it's not to harm but uh, really is to 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 to, to make uh, the earth beautiful place for us Hey folks, if you are a writer, if you're somebody who's struggling to write, if you're trying to write a book but failing, if you're failing to write a book but wishing you could, if you've written a book but you're not sure if it's any good and you need to make it better, all of the above, you know what I'm talking about? I have a book for you. It's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. This is the long-awaited craft book by Steve Almond. Steve has been a guest many times on this show. I actually spoke with him on this very podcast about this very book not too long ago. You should listen to it. Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow is based on three decades of Steve's career, writing, failing, and trying again. Richard Russo calls it one of the best books on writing I've ever read. It's also the funniest by a country mile. This is a book that debunks the well-meaning but misguided myths that can hold us back from writing our deepest and most truthful work. It employs the same radical empathy that Steve displayed as co-host with Cheryl Strayed on the Dear Sugars podcast, and it will help you generate new work. Once again, it's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories by Steve Almond. Available from Zando. So how long have you, so have you been into bees since you were younger or was it just related to this project? Um, I was, uh, I, I wanted to, uh, to write a book about, uh, the fragility of, uh, the democratic experience that, uh, Tunisia was uh, living after the Arab Spring. Uh, but I didn't want to write only about men. I, also, uh, I, I always uh, thought that uh, men is not the main subject, but men among nature is the main subject. Uh, so I didn't find the axis that will allow me uh, to uh, write about uh, this uh, democratic experience in Tunisia uh, and nature uh, also. Uh, for uh, for months, I was blocked because I didn't find the X, and uh, I was uh, on my couch uh, on my couch one one night. I was uh, uh, looking to a National Geographic channel, and uh, then I saw uh, a documentary about the bees and how they behave when they were attacked uh, by giant hornets and how they can defend themselves against those attacks. And then uh, it was a kind of revelation for, for me. I, it's, uh, instant, instantly, I was inspired to write this book because I found the allegory that will permit me uh, at the same time to speak about men and to speak about nature and to tell that uh, the most important is not uh, 
the war between us, between uh, the right wing, the left wing, uh, the progressists against the, um, the, the, the nationalists and uh, all those things. But uh, our main uh, concern sh- should be uh, our home, uh, our, uh, the, the bees, the, 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 the nature around us. And uh, those things are really in danger. And uh, we are struggling for, for things without re- real meaning while our home is burning and uh, so uh, this is why i i used uh, the the bees to to uh, to, to to the project hmm. and it was the, the project it was a national geographic documentary that that gave yes you, absolutely gave you your epiphany so if you uh, go for example on uh, youtube and uh, if you write honey bees uh, versus uh, giant hornet you will find some expert from uh, from this documentary that show you how bees behave and uh, i i described uh, uh, this behavior in my books uh, while looking to 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 this documentary yeah. It was a kind of reference for me. Okay, yeah. So in the in the ardent swarm, you're telling the story of a beekeeper in the hinterlands, as you put it, of Tunisia, and uh, he absolutely loves bees. He's a charming protagonist because he's a uh, he's kind of like the strong, silent type, um, and he's really good at what he does. But what happens, in a nutshell, is that the hives that he takes care of come under attack, as you said, from, I believe they're called Asian hornets. Is that what it is? It's like a, it's a species of hornet. Yes, it's a species of hornets. I think that in the United States, you call them a murder hornet. Murder hornet, and, okay. Uh, yes, and uh, they are uh, in the United States uh, since, uh, I think, the one year or, or something like that. It's a species... Uh, which is normally uh, grow in uh, in Asia, but with the, the human activity, uh, this species traveled, and uh, it invaded the south of France. It invaded uh, a lot of uh, places where uh, where it should not be there, and uh, it was uh, also. Uh, uh, seen in in the United States uh, like six months ago or or or, or, or more. Mm. Yeah. You have it in uh, in United States. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say it was up now. in up in like Washington State is what I seem to remember. Yes. I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. exactly. I love that we call them murder hornets. <laughs> it's very subtle, <laughs> you know. And yeah, yeah, and they 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 are they are able to to kill men also, huh? not only bees. Uh, in in the world, uh, it's uh, they kill like per, per year they kill four uh, forty or fifty uh, person per year uh, are are killed by uh, by attack of uh, of murder hornets. Okay, so let's for people who don't have a frame of reference, like you know you have your honeybees which are tiny, you know they're about the size mm-hmm. of they're about the size of a peanut or whatever, and then uh, a murder hornet. Like a full-grown murder hornet can be quite big, actually. Yeah, it's uh, you. You take a, a large hand, and uh, it's like a finger in a, in a large hand. So, 
And these and these hornets, it's, as as you said, if if they sw- if, if these hornets are to swarm a human being, they can kill a human being. Those hornets absolutely can kill human beings. Uh, if you are uh, if you have some uh, heart problems or uh, if you are old and you cannot run for your life. Uh, absolutely, they can attack you. They can cover you, and they 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 can stink you till death because they have venom in in uh, in, in their uh, when they stink, and they, if they stink you more than one hundred times, you can be sure that you you will die. And uh, contrarily to bees, uh, they are they can stink you. Uh, uh, m- Several times, bees. If if uh, you are stinked by bees, you can be sure that uh, the bee uh, will will die after that. Uh, but uh, those hornets are able to to sting you more and more uh, till you till you are gone. And the, the the murder hornets can also obliterate a hive of honeybees in shockingly like uh, short order like it happens fast as you describe in the novel like when when these hornets come into contact with honeybees and decide to mount an attack they can shred hundreds of bees in a matter of seconds it seems like yeah um uh, uh two or um how they how the hornets uh, the murder hornets behave uh, they sniff uh, the honey they 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 um, go from their uh, swarm uh, and uh, they are uh, go prospecting in nature uh, looking for something to eat something to feed their uh, their progenitors their young uh, hornets and uh, they uh, they if when you f- they find a hive of uh, of bees uh, they are pretty happy with it and uh, uh, they tag it uh, with uh, their uh, pheromone. Pheromone? How do you call it? Uh, sorry. Yeah, pheromone. I mean. Uh... Yes, yes. They tag it, and uh, they come back with uh, ten or uh, or twenty uh, hornet, and uh, they attack it. And uh, twenty hornet uh, can kill. Uh, uh, for uh, forty hundred, uh, forty thousand bees in two hours. A hive uh, in, in a hive there is forty thousand bees, fifty maybe sixty for a big hive. Ten or twenty hornets can kill all the bees in two hours. They are like a machine. They are made for this. They bite, 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 uh, and they stink like uh, like terminators. You know. And once all the bees are are dead, they enter to uh, inside the hive. They stole the honey. Uh, they drink it like uh, like water, and uh, they uh, took uh, the larva of the bees uh, out from their cocoon, and uh, they they kill it and uh, make uh, with it some. Uh, uh, some balls, uh, like protein balls, for their for their kids. So uh, when you look to them, uh, they behave like barbarians, uh, like pirates, like uh, like some uh, terrorists that uh, we 
we saw in uh, in the world after the Arab Spring, it's like a Daesh of nature. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's like the, the, that, that's the thing about that's the thing about learning about the bees and the and the uh, the hornets is that you know as I was alluding to earlier, it's easy to overlook these creatures and to miss how sophisticated they are. Like when you talk about like a, a couple of hornets like happening upon a beehive and then returning to their hornet's nest and getting their friends to come with them um, and to coordinate a, a larger attack on the hive so that they can um, ransack it essentially and steal all the honey. This is, it, it reminds me of a military operation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, they are really organized for that. And, uh, this is how they grow in nature. This is how they uh, evolve. This is how evolution made them uh, behave. But uh, the the drama is uh, a lot of bees are not prepared to defend themselves against those bees because all the beekeepers around the world, almost all the beekeepers around the world, use European honeybees. So uh, even when you are in the United States, the bee the bees uh, that they are working for uh, beekeepers are European honeybees. So uh, when they are face to face with Asians, uh, hornets, they didn't grow up in the same uh, ecosystem than them. And they don't know how to defend them against uh, those attackers. But if you are uh, a Japanese honeybee, uh, if uh, you are from a race that uh, know those attackers very well, you can defend yourself, and you can uh, uh, you can make this uh, military attack uh, uh, fail. Right. Okay. So that's kind of the uh, you know without giving away too much, that's at the heart of the drama of the book is how City, your uh, your hero. Uh, you know, defends his hives against the encroachment of the murder hornets. And, mm -hmm. you know, just because it's so fascinating, I, I hope you don't mind uh, explaining a little, like how the European honeybees can be adapted to defend themselves against these hornets. Like what, what is the process that you have to go through so that you can teach basically uh, European honeybees what, Japanese honeybees already know. Actually, uh, the the this novel was for me also the occasion of uh, to to uh, to defend an idea that I like uh, is to say that uh, the humanity uh, will gain a lot with the mishandling. Is this the right word? The humanity will when gain a lot. With mishandling. Um, I'm not sure if it's the right word. Mishandling what? Uh, no, uh, sorry. I, I will... With the... Misgenation. Mis, misgenation, is it the word? Really? When you uh, when you are from a country, from a continent, and you uh, fall in love with... The... <laughs> with another person from another continent and, and you make children, for example. Sure. Is this a, a mis, uh, misgenation? Yeah, is miscegenation. The word, is this the word? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So uh, f- for me, it's this is the sense of uh, of human beings. Uh, we 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 have to 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 take uh, the the better the best from from aboard from uh, the other places from earth if you uh, if you procreate if you uh, stay with uh, with your own uh, community uh, the your uh, your uh, sorry i i will i'm searching for my words uh, your heritage, your uh, 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 will not be renewed. I don't know if you if you understand. No, I totally understand. I think I, you know what it's making me think of is I was watching a comedian uh, on Netflix the other night, and mm-hmm. he was talking about racism in particular. You know, just as one uh, specific human problem and the joke that he was making was that the only way that human beings are ever going to solve this is if we uh have sex with each other and you know if we procreate and you know what do you want to call it miscegenate or cross-pollinate enough eventually that will be the thing that snuffs it out so his joke was like we got to fuck our way out of this <laughs> and <laughs> there's some truth to it i mean there's some truth to it you know like we we when you tribalize and you stay isolated in your own little yes, microculture it's, it's, it's the best way to create monsters this right. is this is true if you if you if you for example uh procreate with someone from your family with the cousins or something like that, you may have uh, children that have problem. But if you uh, do the same thing with somebody far from you, with the new uh, patrim- patrimony, I don't know how you say it, patrimony maybe, uh, this allow you to renew and this make you stronger. And uh, beekeeping uh, is also about that. When the when the hive is weak, uh, the beekeeper uh, will introduce uh, some queens from aboard uh, to renew uh, the ADN, the DNA of uh, of his uh, of his hive, and uh, make her stronger. So we are stronger when we uh, allow uh, the other people to come to us, when we welcome them, when we uh, make community with them instead of uh, being isolated, and. Uh, we are humans. We can take the best from all the places instead of uh, being isolate, is, isolated, uh, like bees uh, goes from flower to, to to another. We can uh, also take this, take uh, the best from each culture, and uh, like the beekeeper do to make his hive strongest. Yeah, no, I agree. I like. I think like you, what you're making is like a, both an ecological and a political statement and i have a lot of criticisms uh, there's there are a lot of criticisms i could make of the united states um you know i have my problems with my country but one thing that i think um redeems it in some way and is a is a great strength or it should be at least is the fact that it's so um multicultural that there are so many different peoples here and that you know historically at least it's been uh, somewhat open to people from all over the world and i think that that is part of why america has had 
some of the success that it's had. Do you see what I'm saying? And I'm sure, you know, France, France, is the, France is the same way. I think when you get into closed societies, you know, eventually that comes back to bite you and it's not sustainable. Yeah, but um, let me tell you that we have the same problems, all we have the same problems with our countries. It's not uh, what you are facing in the United States. It's not... Uh, uh, it's it's all all over the world we are facing the same problems uh we are in crisis uh, this uh, coronavirus is, is not helping and uh we are uh in a time of uh, of fall back this is the word i think yeah like retro uh, like retrograde are... yes but uh, i think that we we will men and the uh, women who think the same thing uh, that than us will not uh, will not keep uh, keep keep up the the, the fight will will uh, will struggle to 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 defend our ideas and uh, and i think that we will win because what we are uh, struggling for makes sense and uh, uh, societies are stronger are greater when they are uh, when they welcome when they uh, uh, take from the others uh, uh, the 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 honey that uh, they can uh, they can give them yeah you know it's making me as i consider your book and the story that it tells you know it, it functions as a kind of parable and it's not a it's not a super long novel and the world of the book is fairly contained. You know, you're dealing with this solitary beekeeper. There are a few other characters in the book with whom he interacts. But as you I, like it makes sense to me as a writer that you would be thinking of all the different themes that you wanted to play with and you would be considering all of the like the political context of Tunisia in the aftermath of the Arab Spring and trying to find a way into that material could be overwhelming. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you found kind of this like elegant framework to, to um, explore those ideas within. Do you see what I'm saying? By making it small, it allowed yes. you to access it. Uh, yes, I... I um... I was uh, a kind of uh, uh, surprised when I uh, uh, when I uh, uh, read some feedbacks of uh, American uh, readers. Uh, they say that the, the novel was short and they expected to be uh, longer. Um, I was not able to uh, to put more pages uh, as a scientist uh, I am an engineer and I cut you know I don't I just keep uh, what makes sense and uh, the first version of the book was longer but I wanted to be focused on what uh, on on what really uh, was important. I I didn't want to 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 lose the reader. You know, sometimes you read uh, you read a book and uh, you feel a little bit lost. I wanted really to be focused on the story of the bees, on the story of the beekeeper, and to make uh, the book a kind of page turner that you cannot put down because you you want to know uh, to know more because the action is. Uh, 
uh, is uh, tightened. You know, the yeah. framework is yeah. um, is uh, as you said, the, the framework is maybe small, but it contains a lot of a lot of things. And I also wanted to to give the place for uh, the imagination of the reader and uh, and make him and make this novel thought provoking uh, because I don't want to make all the answers by myself I didn't want to uh, express more myself than that uh, I was totally dra- uh, drove uh, by uh, the uh, by the character by the main character and I didn't want to put my prints uh, all over the book uh, and uh, this may be uh, why the novel is maybe a little bit short but uh, um, well don't get me wrong I, I, I don't that... get me wrong I, I love I love a novel yeah, that yeah, no. is uh, I don't, I efficient don't, I don't get you wrong but I, I don't get you wrong at all but uh, I um, I think that uh, in um, maybe in the United States you are more used uh uh, with books uh, with uh, 400 or 500 pages uh, in France uh, this is not what we call the short novel the short novel it's uh, like 100 page in France this is what we call a short novel uh, I was uh, in the standards in France uh, and what uh, the publishers do I am quite on the standards and uh, I didn't had feedback uh uh, from French readers saying that it's a short novel, but all the readers that I had, uh, French or uh, in, uh, from uh, United States or uh, uh, abroad, they told me that they wanted more. They wanted more of the story, and uh, and I, I understand because I, I agree the story is beautiful, and uh, uh, and but if you want more. You can continue it in your mind. You can continue it in your soul. You can imagine uh, what happened after. I just stopped uh, where uh, at at the, this time of uncertainty. Uh, um, this this time of uncertainty uh, that Tunisia was uh, was was facing. There, there was, and the the world is facing that, uh, the danger of uh, of uh, this uh, uh, fundamentalistic uh, Islamist, the danger uh, that the bees are uh, are experiencing uh, is uh, is real, and I don't have an answer for that. I there is only the hope of uh, people doing uh, the best uh, th- their best to 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 make things right and this is why i ended the story that way yeah well i think you know when you're trying to deal with really complex political um matters in a fiction the challenge can sometimes be that you know you'll start to You'll you'll be writing a story, but then as the author, you'll start to let your own politics intrude into the story, which can sometimes mess things up for the reader. So I admire the way that you were able to find this story that's like very tied to the natural world, um, and you know, very unique. You know, I've never read a novel about a beekeeper. Uh, um, but you're able to kind of explore all of this complex political stuff 
um, in this world and keep yourself out of it a bit. And I don't know if there's a way to do fiction that deals with um, politics that doesn't in some way find a framework like this to hang its concerns upon. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it just, it seemed like a lesson to me because, and I don't mean to ramble, but I feel like we're in such, as you, as you keep saying, like we're in a global situation right now with respect to, um, you know, fanaticism and fundamentalism and the dangers of climate change. Like all of these issues affect pretty much everybody. And I think a lot of us who are writers can't help but respond to that stuff in our work. Um, you know, you, or you can't help but want to respond, but exactly. it's, exactly. it's, it's hard to find a way in. Otherwise you're just writing a political speech. <laughs> I agree. I was, uh, before uh, writing these books, I was full of hunger. I was uh, full of judgments because the situation, I, I was sick with the, the situation. I was sick with the raise of ISIS in the Middle East. I was sick with, uh, how uh, the Islamists take over uh, the revolution in Tunisia. I was sick with uh, all the terrorist attacks uh, in Paris and uh, on also some other places in, in Europe. And uh, I was full of anger and I was full of judgment. But uh, what literature uh, helped us to do is to cure ourselves to be more intelligent because uh, you you have when you write you have this step back uh, towards uh, all the facts toward the situation and toward the hunger that uh, habit uh, yourself and uh, the literature is the 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 word of of shades of uh, of uh, uh, of small uh, of the, the Small thoughts, uh, not uh, uh, it's not the the place that uh, you can uh, make prejudice, you know. So this uh, this book really helped me to 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 be more peaceful uh, toward the world, uh, and I was really happy to 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 cure myself with uh, with with uh, with literature. Uh, this is really one of uh, magical things that uh, writing can can give you. So, what about your your personal experience of the Arab Spring? Were you in Tunisia when that happened, or were you already out of the country? I was in Paris uh, at the, the early beginning of it. Uh, I was. Uh, uh, out with uh, some Tunisian living in Paris because you know there is a community of Tunisian living in Paris. Uh, we are uh, an old uh, colony of uh, France, so uh, we travel a lot between the two countries, and there is a community living there. And when uh, the revolution started in Tunisia, we uh, make it. Uh, we. We try to uh, to express uh, to be the voice of uh, the Tunisian living there and in Europe. So we had uh, several meetings here uh, in Paris. I participated to those meetings, and once uh, it uh, the trouble times was over and uh, the revolution was, uh, I would say, uh, finished. 
uh, and we had uh, this election and the country was uh, uh, opened again because uh, for two months uh, there were no planes uh, landing in Tunisia. The, the, the country was uh, totally uh, isolated. Uh, there were trouble everywhere, strikes everywhere. Uh, so uh, I was not able to, to to come back in Tunisia and to 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 be there at that time. But two months uh, after the beginning of the Arab Spring, when uh, things uh, began to be calm, I uh, went back in Tunisia and I stayed there for like three or four months, and I start uh, noticing. Uh, the changes of uh, of, uh, of the societies uh, of the society of the Tunisian society. So uh, we gained a lot of things. We had hope uh, to, toward the democracy. We 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 had uh, elections, free elections. We had the freedom of speech, which was uh, which was very important. Uh, when uh, Ben Ali, the former president, uh, uh, were there. Uh, it was a dictatorship, and we are not able to express ourselves. And all this, we we win it uh, with the revolution. But also, we had some uh, some new fringe of uh, of uh, of, uh, of uh, Islam coming from uh, from abroad. Uh, some Islamist party uh, uh, raised. Uh, they were they were sponsorized by some monarchies of uh, of, of of the Gulf, uh, like I described it uh, literally uh, in, in in the novel, and uh, we were facing this for the first very, the, the very first time in in Tunisia. I never saw uh, uh, so much beers, so much uh, niqabs in Tunisia uh, before, and uh, it was there were process, there were some transformation in in in, uh, in the Tunisian society. But uh, wait, I would can say, I can I stop uh, you there? You you said you'd never yeah. seen you'd never seen so many beards. Is that what you said? Yeah, beards. Be, uh, um, uh, you know the beard. Yes, facial hair. The, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Facial hair. Yeah. Because because you're saying <laughs> you're saying that uh, that there was what like a, a like on the fringe like after the revolution there was a rise in Islamist uh, fundamentalism. Yeah, actually, uh, there were some uh, in Tunisia. There were some uh, ac- Islamist activists uh, who were exiled by the former regime. They were exiled in England and they came back. Uh, when the revolution uh, took place, and uh, when the former president were uh, were gone, and uh, it was the moment for them to to come back, and uh, they raise uh, uh, an is- Islamist parties, and uh, they had money. They had money because uh, they are. Uh, uh, they were sponsored with the, by uh, by uh, the monarchy of the Gulf, who had a lot of uh, of money coming from petrol, so uh, from oil. Uh, so uh, this was was new. This was new in Tunisia. We didn't uh, had this. Uh, Tunisia was a kind of modern country, uh, and even if uh, we were poor, but it was not uh, the image that uh, we. Uh, that uh, Tunisia were were known. We we 
Tunisia is not Afghanistan, is not uh, uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, the women are free from uh, very from uh, the the very beginning of uh, the Tunisian Republic. They had the right to vote. Uh, they had the right to to to, to work. Uh, they can dress like uh, uh, as they they want. Uh, and uh, we didn't have uh, this uh, fu- fundamentalist uh, Islam that uh, that the rev- that uh, was the drawback of uh, of the revolution. Uh, but uh, let me tell you that the freedom of speech and the freedom of belief is something that the revolution bring to us, and we have to uh, to fight this with the right weapons. Uh, those guys uh, who were exiled and uh, who came back in Tunisia after the revolution uh, was like uh, very well welcomed in Tunisia because uh, they were against the former regime. So for some people, uh, they were uh, like uh, like activists, like uh, they had the right to 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 be in in Tunisia, and Tunisia, after the revolution, the revolution wanted to include everybody in the process. So uh, it's not uh, about uh, fighting the Islam, the 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 fundamentalists uh, in Tunisia. Now it's not uh, we will we'll not uh, win the fight by exiling them again, but with education. And like this beekeeper in the novel is educating his hive to defend his, themselves against the, the giant hornets, the murder hornets, we have to educate ourselves and we have to know our enemy uh, and we have to develop a speech that uh, show uh, the, the, the whole society that they are enabled to uh, give us solutions to our economic problem, to our uh, uh, will to live all together peacefully, uh, they will uh, they will uh, they will make us uh, go uh, go back uh, and uh, lose our modernity, lose our faith in the future. So. Uh, it's a, it's it's a drawback of uh, of of the revolution. It's something that uh, came uh, with the revolution, like the this giant hornets came. Uh, but we we have to find the right tools uh, to 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 deal with it. I I don't know if I was very clear. I'm sorry. No 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 no. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm wondering if when you made your your trip back to Tunisia after the revolution, if that was when you first started thinking about the novel that became the art and swarm like did you were you beginning to think about wanting to write about this stuff as you were there and visiting after the revolution um i was very surprised uh, by this uh, new vision of tunisia uh, i didn't uh, think that uh, uh, this kind of islam uh, will have a nest uh, in tunisia but uh, i was I was not um I was not uh, really concerned I would say uh, I I thought that uh, 
the peop the, the 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 country was young and the, the young people will raise and will will uh, try to 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 jump over uh, over all this uh, uh, middle age uh, mentality that uh, those people uh, were bringing um, but i i started uh, being sick when uh, the first uh, uh, terrorist attacks uh, happened in Tunisia, uh, and it was like three uh, three years after the revolution. Uh, three years after the revolution, we started to doubt about uh, how the process will end, and uh, if we if we were we will go into to make it, we were going to 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 make a, a new country. Uh, full of freedom and uh, and uh, and and uh, and dreams. Uh, it, uh, th- three years after the revolution, we started to to doubt about all this. And then I, it was the moment for me uh, to 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 think about how to answer the situation by uh, literature. And just so people listening, uh, most of whom are in the states, can understand better the geopolitics of Tunisia and, um, you know, that particular region, I guess, especially as it relates to the Middle Eastern monarchies that you mentioned earlier, Uh, just so I have it clear, like after the revolution, Middle Eastern monarchy started spending money to help sponsor the fundamentalist uh, Islamists to come back to Tunisia to try to assert some power or to gain influence in the society. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Uh, There is some fundamentalists that they have a dream of a a caliphate for the Islamic world. And uh, they want to... uh, They want to have to to have the same geopolitical situation uh, for the Islamic world than the Middle Age. You know, at the Middle Age, the Islamic world was like uh, united and there were uh, a a Khalifa who was uh, just like king uh, that rules uh, from uh, Iraq to Morocco. Uh, And that was the the caliphate, correct? Is that what what that was called? Yeah, exactly. And uh, a lot of people want this uh, this thing to 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 come back, and they are uh, they they deny um, the local identities for uh, all the all the countries uh, composing now uh, the Arabic and the Muslim world. You know, uh, I'm not again uh, against a, a federation of of countries. Uh, let me tell you, we should all all the countries of the world should work uh, better together. And uh, but this dream uh, of Khalifa don't suits me because uh, what they are trying to implement it's. Uh, Middle Age uh, atmosphere with Middle Age laws uh, like uh, women uh, 
we uh, they don't have the, the right to 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 go out from their homes uh, like uh, if uh, you do something you can be uh, beaten uh, in the public place uh, and even uh, decapitated sometimes uh, we all uh, saw how isis uh, behave and uh, those guys uh, they were uh, the they wanted to be the voice of uh, the new uh, Khalifa. So I don't know. I don't want this word of terror uh, to 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 be uh, to be my my uh, my word. And uh, um, so uh, we have to we have to fight this. Mm. Hmm. And uh, you said that you you said earlier that you kind of healed yourself through the writing of this book, or you sort of sought refuge in literature. Did you come to any conclusions about how humanity, you know, might defend itself against, like n- not just humanity in Tunisia or in Europe, but all over the world, might defend itself? Uh, I guess you said education is the key, but you know, it, it seems it seems to me sometimes when I think about it, so overwhelmingly complex you know how are we ever going to sort this out as a species and get ourselves situated and organized into a better like society and a better global society and just a a saner world i i i really i don't think that uh, if uh, if we can make it really uh, i have doubt on it i'm optimistic i'm optimistic because i think that a lot of people are trying to light candles and uh, uh, Confucius said uh, it's better to light a candle uh, than uh, uh, it's better to light a candle than uh, uh, curse uh, the, the darkness. So um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, but uh, I, I recommend you to uh, to uh, um, to. Uh, read uh, a, a book uh, by uh, Romain Gary. Uh, Romain Gary is uh, is a famous uh, French writer and uh, he wrote uh, a book about uh, a guy who hunt the hunter the hunters of elephants in Africa. I am clear? Yeah. And uh, this um, uh, this guy uh, believe uh, the hunter of the hunters in uh, in Africa uh, believe that uh, we are not able to be uh, better than uh, we are, and uh, he think that uh, we need a new species, a new evolution, because you know uh, we are uh, the fruit uh, of this evolution right now, and maybe. We are going to evaluate uh, years and years passing. Maybe we are going to be uh, better uh, than uh, we are today. And he believed that uh, the humanity may have at uh, one time of their evolution an an, uh, organ of uh, of, uh, compassion. That's what we lack today. Compassion is an idea, and maybe if we evaluate, uh, maybe in a few hundred years or thousand years, uh, compassion will be an organ, and it will allow us to really feel 
what the other feels and the, the, our heart will be full of compassion uh, to, toward uh, uh, the others and toward the, the, the other spaces too. So uh, maybe we, we are not uh, good enough as a space right now but uh, if we do have time if we don't uh, mess up with our planet if we don't destroy it completely uh, maybe we are going to evaluate and to be better men and maybe in the future uh, maybe in 1000 years or uh, 2000 years our sons will look at us like we look uh, to uh, the prehistorical man right <laughs> I think there's a yeah. If hum, if human if humanity survives and finds a way to flourish, you know, a thousand years from now, I can't help but think that they're going to look back on this period of history and consider us to be primitive. Yeah, I I I do believe that time will is is our ally, and uh, we we are destined to be to be better. Maybe we are not uh, in our best form today. Maybe uh, this uh, organ of compassion will be a, re a reality in in a few years. But, uh, you know, uh, at the very beginning of the humanity, we were unable to speak. Evolution allowed us to speak and to express ourselves and to uh, to have less fights because we are we were able to express what we have in our hearts. So I believe that this is the path. Uh, uh, maybe we are. On the right path, we have just uh, just to be careful and to give to give us a chance to evaluate in the right way, and to have more weapons, more tools. Sorry, more tools to understand each other, like we have gained, like we gained the language uh, several years ago. Uh, maybe we will gain a new thing that will allow us to understand more the others. And uh, we just need time for this. Uh, and we just need to keep our planet clean for this and viable for this. So you've lived in Paris for, what, half your life? You've been there for a long time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly, half my life. And do you plan to stay there? Or do you think, could you ever see yourself going back to Tunisia? I really want to go back in Tunisia. I don't know. I don't know when, but uh, I I want to. I don't consider myself as uh, as um, as settled really in Paris. Paris for me is uh, is uh, like a trampoline that uh, allows me to to go uh, all over the world. Uh, I am here physically, but uh, my mind is. Uh, is covering all uh, all the globe. I think about all 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 this thing, um, and maybe when I will be once I I'll, I'll go I'll be older. Maybe I'll I'll go back. I wanted to be uh, buried there with <laughs> with my family, but uh, for the moment I don't uh, really think about uh, going back into to, to Tunisia. I think this spot is uh, is good for me because it it gives me the necessary distance uh, toward this country and helped me to analyze his situation. And if you were there, uh, maybe you will lose uh, this uh, this step back, and uh, you will be uh, more in the in the facts and the actuality, uh, and uh, you. 
I think I was uh, unable to write such a book if I was uh, really there, physically there, because people are really facing problems, daily problems and uh, daily threats, and they don't have the time to 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 really produce art. You know, uh, if you want to produce art, you have to. to the more the, the society is peaceful, the more the society is uh, wealthy, uh, the more uh, the art will prosper. So uh, Tunisia is now time for politics, for, uh, for struggle, for uh, activism, and uh, I, I, I'm more a literature man. How has the book been received? Uh, you know, you talked a bit about the, the reception, because this is the first time that you've been translated uh, into English. Uh, what has the reception, you know, been like in Tunisia uh, among family members or friends that you might have back there? And then, all, you know, obviously in France, we spoke earlier about how it has uh, won a couple of awards or multiple awards. Um, so the reception, Tunisia, the reception there has been good. But can you just talk about the reception in these various places? Uh, in Tunisia, it was really uh, well. Uh, it was really well welcomed. Uh, I had the opportunity to uh, visit schools, to visit uh, students that uh, they were working on the book. Uh, several. Um, uh, bachelors and uh, at, at the university people make their studies on on the book uh, the guys who who studies literature uh, are interested in the book and they work on it uh, and some of people were really uh, happy to 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 read it because uh, they they they, uh, they felt uh, understood. They felt understood. They felt that their struggle uh, was uh, well written and well presented to 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 the world. Because uh, when you write in French, uh, in France, you have the possibility to uh, to present this work to the francophone world, and uh, the francophone world is uh, like. Uh, uh, more than uh, seven, 70 countries all around the world. There is a lot of people reading French, so uh, re- reading in French. So uh, when you write in French, you can be the voice of uh, those people in a large part of the globe. Uh, in France, it was, uh, I would say, it was, it belongs to uh, a kind of hidden literature because in France. We like uh, people writing about France, about the problem of France, and we are less uh, open-minded than uh, than what we could could expect. So uh, uh, it was uh, it was visible by some uh, librarians, by some uh, literature activists who presented the book, but uh, I. I didn't sell in France. Uh, it, it was not. Uh, it was very, very well welcomed in France, but it was not a bestseller, you know, because uh, my publisher is Tunisian. And uh, if you try to sell a Tunisian book in France, even if it's right, it's written in uh, in, in French, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's a challenge. 
it's a challenge because uh, the doors are not open. It's it's still a foreigner object, and uh, if you want to sell a foreigner uh, pro- pro- product, you have to to access to the distributions uh, uh, network. And uh, if you uh, if you are an African publisher, uh, you don't access uh, very easily to uh, to this uh, distribution network. Uh, but still, uh, people uh, loved it. A uh, lot of librarians presented to their readers. Uh, I visited also schools in uh, in uh, in uh, in France. But uh, since it was uh, translated, I was really surprised to see uh, the feedbacks and uh, all the activity uh, that uh, this book is is still bringing. Um, in some uh, websites uh, like Amazon or uh, Goodreads, uh, there are uh, over than uh, 100 feedback, uh, 1,000 feedback uh, about the book. So uh, it's it, it's really encouraging, and uh, and um, I, I I am very happy about uh, this uh, uh, English translation uh, adventure that uh, that we are having right now. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to think about the book and how it's resonating cross-culturally. And, you know, I think of it in an American context, you know, I think a lot of American citizens might, you know, just a few years ago have liked to imagine that America was somehow immune to some of the um, extremism that, you know, was, you know, uh, like flowering in different parts of the world but the truth is like as you've been you know as you've been saying these issues exist everywhere you know i think we're seeing a lot of the same dynamics that might have presented themselves um in the middle east in the arab spring in different parts of the world you know a lot of the same tensions they might wear you know they might have different names or they might have slight differences but the basic dynamics are are similar cross culturally so the the story that you're telling is one that you know has global resonance you know it's it's well timed i i do believe so i do believe so and it, this choice of the bees was for me really uh, i was blessed with it uh, because the bees are everywhere uh, the honey, everybody appreciate the honey, and we cannot uh, imagine a world uh, without bees, without honey. Uh, the murder hornets are now a global problem. Uh, the fragility of democracy uh, is really a problem everywhere in America, in Russia, in France, in, in Africa, everywhere. The democratic process is in danger. Um, so, I think that a lot of people, uh, when they read about uh, this beekeeper, uh, they have a lot of uh, affection uh, uh, for him because they here present. Uh, uh, it, it was a guide for me. 
really, I I just followed him to write the story. It was it, it he, he guided me all all over the book, uh, all over the, the the novel. And I think that uh, to a lot of people, uh, they uh, help help them to 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 feel better, and they give them some comfort and and relief. Well, uh, I know it's getting late in France, so I don't want to keep you too long. But I'm wondering if you're working on another book. I do. I do. I just finished uh, another book. It's even shorter than this one. Uh, I I don't count pages. It's not the, the. I don't target any any number of pages when I write. Uh, I just want to be. Uh, the book uh, punchy enough uh, to 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 make uh, the reader uh, don't want to put it down, um, and uh, it's still about uh, the it's still about Tunisia, but it's still uh, a universal uh, uh, story. Uh, it's about a teenager. And uh, for the first time, uh, I will use uh, the I. I will speak. Uh, I will be directly the the the, the voice of uh, of my character. Uh, so it would be at the first. Uh, it, it, it's uh, for the very first time I I I, I, I write this way, and um, it's about how much love a teenager can have for his dog and how difficult to raise a dog <laughs> in some countries. <laughs> All right. Sold. I like that. I'm a dog lover, so that sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. I think it will... I uh, Every uh, every book I wrote uh, was for me... Uh, um. A bless, really a bless, and uh, and and this one is uh, uh, is also I think will be will be uh, at the same level I hope than uh, the Ardent Swarm. I do believe that it's a it's a very good story, and uh, I hope that it will help uh, help me again to uh, criticize the situation in Tunisia to. Um, to make my part of the job because uh, as a, a novelist as a, an artist uh, we have to we have to to maintain uh, this activity we have to uh, present novels to uh, the first to the tunisian readers uh, and then uh, maybe i will be uh, blessed with a translation like for the ardent swarm but it's important to maintain uh, an artistic activity in this country and to make people read because we lost uh, the uh, we lost the taste of uh, reading in Tunisia after uh, over than 20 years of the dictatorship and uh, of uh, of uh, miss uh, the politic that uh, uh, that neglect uh, the, the the libraries and, uh, and and the books in general, and uh, I my aim my first aim is uh, is is to make the Tunisian read, and uh, I hope that uh, this uh, this novel I just finished 
uh, will uh, will allow me to continue this uh, purpose. And uh, if I were, if I am translated again, it will be a great uh, joy to 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 be to 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 share this. Well, I uh, I'm so glad that we got a chance to spotlight the Arden Swarm in uh, the book club, and I'm grateful that you made the time to talk with me despite this time difference. Uh, congratulations on the success of the book and on its translation, and congrats on finishing the new one. I wish you all the best. Thank you very much for uh, your invitation, Brad. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm again. I'm, I'm sorry. My English may sometimes be uh, not as I want, but uh, I will improve myself and maybe for the next book, if I have the chance to be translated, my English will be better. Thank you very much for this opportunity for what you are doing for this cross-culture and for uh, literature in general. All right, you guys, that is Yamen Manai. His new novel is called The Ardent Swarm, available in translation now from Amazon Crossing. Translated from the French by uh, Lara Vernod. The Ardent Swarm, the official March pick of the Nervous Breakdown Book Club by Yemen Manai. The Nervous Breakdown Book Club, if you're interested in joining, more on that at thenervousbreakdown.com. Sign up. The Other People Podcast is now on YouTube. Go subscribe. The Other People Podcast is offered freely. It's a listener-supported show. All episodes, almost 700, are, are all offered to you for free. If you listen regularly and you get something from the show and you have the means, support the show over at patreon.com slash otherpplpod. Patreon.com slash otherpplpod. For as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. Just throw a buck in the hat every month. Or if you, you know, if you're rich... You can throw $5,000 into the hat. It's up to you. But uh, there are various tiers. It's user-friendly. There are good options. You can get a sticker. Uh, you can get other people t-shirt, other people mug, other people tote bag. It's all sorts of things. You can get a handwritten postcard from me, happy birthday wishes from me on an annual basis, a TNB book club membership. The list goes on. So check it out over at patreon.com slash otherpplpod. This program has its own official app, the Other People with Brad Listy app. It, too, is free. Go get the app if you want the app. It's a great way to listen. It's a great app. It's user-friendly. It's all right there. Next week on the program, Todd Goldberg is my guest. Making uh, his return. He's got an excellent new story collection out from, uh, I believe it's Counterpoint. It's called The Low Desert. And it's it's just superb. I've been pushing it on people. you got to read this book. So, Todd Goldberg, always great in conversation, an old friend, and we're going to be talking next week. If you need to reach me for any reason with feedback on the show, you can write to me at letters at otherppl.com. Let me know what you think, okay? All right, bye. 